It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Tuned into the Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment, sports, and all those topics for the mainstream audience. The Navarro Miller Report. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. And I'm Jeremy Miller. And, uh, well, I mean, I got to go ahead and uh, tell you, Jeremy, that uh, today is a very somber day, unfortunately, because you just uh, discovered some really uh, tragic news today. Well, actually, the world's discovered tragic news that uh, that uh, legendary actor, uh, activist, director, ambassador, uh, Sidney Poitier has passed away. Uh, Poitier, I'm sorry, has passed away at the age of 94 today. And 94 years old, one heck of a life, man. Um, this was an absolutely amazing actor, amazing activist, a man who stood up for, you know, people who didn't have rights, a man who, um, you know, was respected by everybody. It's it's incredible, and and he, his his work is just amazing. I mean, like he's he was he was in a lot of classic films, many many beautiful classic films. Uh, and he acted opposite many great actors as well. He worked with a lot of amazing actors and actresses. He, you know, was, I mean, his first films were in the early 60s and 50s. He has been nominated for Academy Awards. He's been the star. He's been the supporting actor. He is just absolutely, he was an amazing, amazing talent. And I'll give you a little story. One of his more famous early films was a film called uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. When I first saw this film, I was only 10 years old. And I don't know if you know anything about this film, but it's about a young white girl who has fallen in love with a black man and is bringing him home to meet her white parents for the first time. And this was a film done in the late 60s, early 70s. Mm -hmm. But me seeing this at 10 years old in the middle of the 80s, growing up how I grew up without racism around me and everything else, I thought it was a freaking comedy. <laughs> really? I, 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 I literally, at 10 years old, I, I watched this film. I thought it was a joke because I didn't understand racism. I mean, we didn't, I wasn't raised around it, even from a young age. I mean, I my parents weren't like that. I never, you know, I didn't understand racism at all as a kid. So when I saw that film, which was this deep, very, very emotional, dramatic film about race relations and I, I thought it was a freaking comedy as a kid because I just didn't get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, Sidney Poitier was an amazing, amazing talent. Um, he actually was in one of one of my favorite River Phoenix films, my old friend. Um, oh man, now I'm gonna blank on the title. I'm completely blanking on the title, but River played the son of um, Russian spies. Oh, okay. And Sidney Poitier, Poitier was the FBI agent who was trying to find them, but was trying to help the son. It was a great film, and River actually got nominated for an Academy Award for it. But um, yeah, Sidney was just this this magnificent, strong character. Um, you know, char charismatic, magnetic performance, and uh, it's a heck of a loss. But ninety four years old—that's an amazing life. 
Well, just uh, just to correct you, and one thing you said that he was uh, that he was nominated. Actually, Sydney won uh, an Academy Award for Best Actor in 1964, uh, becoming the first Black male and Bohemian actor to win the award. So he's actually has made history uh, in 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 the Academy Awards and in Hollywood, really. So I mean, this is just this is a, a sad day, definitely for the Hollywood industry, losing the legend like him. But uh, it looks like, uh, by the looks of it, he definitely uh, he definitely led a very long life. I mean, man, tw- oh, man, twenty twenty two is just taking away all the good ones, isn't it? Hey, you know, I mean, it, it always comes in clusters. Always comes in those threes, and you know, first was Betty. Now we're losing Sydney, and you know, Lord help us if we have other wonderful older actors run and hide all of you, please, for a few days. No kidding, um. no kidding, no kidding, man. This is this is just crazy. But I mean, and it's not, and it's, and 2022 isn't actually starting uh, the in the best of ways, actually, to be honest, because I mean, we have uh, a lot of cancellations going on right now because of COVID. I, I actually just uh, just. Um, talked about this yesterday on on my radio show on the drive home with david navarro um uh, uh, and by the way we want to go ahead and uh, again thank uh, dabi radio los angeles for for uh for allowing us to to have a platform when we could talk about uh different things here on the navarro miller report um but uh yeah it was it's it's crazy because so far there's been cancellations everywhere so far the grammy awards has been postponed that we still have no idea what's going to happen with that E3, which is one of the largest gaming conventions uh, held every year, has been canceled. It's become now virtual uh, meet and greet. Uh, The Sundance Film Festival, another huge event that happens every year in Utah, has also been canceled. They canceled the the face-to-face meet and greets. They're doing everything virtual. Uh, Excuse me. Right now, we have no idea if the Super Bowl halftime show is even going to happen. And, and uh, Dr. Dre is actually poured in millions on on this show. And right now that's up in the air. That's a question mark. No one knows if that's even going to happen. I mean, hell, we, we don't even know if the Super Bowl might even happen, you know, with, with a crowd. They might actually have an empty stadium thanks to this Omicron surge right now that's been happening these past few months. And it's just getting, it's, it's just getting worse and worse. I mean, right now, uh, there's uh, there was there's been reports actually. James Corden uh, has canceled all his shows after testing positive for COVID-19. So he's he's now he's also canceling all his live shows too. Um, he went ahead and posted on social media. He said, "Quote: I just tested positive for COVID-19. I'm fully vaccinated, boosted, and because of this, I'm fortunate enough to say I feel completely fine. The show will be off the air for the next few days. Stay safe, everyone. All my love, James." So it's 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 one of those things. I mean, there was another show down in Cancun uh, that's also been canceled. A music festival down in Cancun's also been canceled. Canceled. Uh, John Mayer was actually headlining it. He tested positive for COVID, along with a lot of staff members down there. So this thing's just getting worse and worse, man. I mean, I, I just don't well, don't get why people just don't don't aren't safe. Well, I mean, I get it as well. That's. That's the thing we're dealing with right now with this change in the Omicron, um, you know, variant is, yes, it seems to be hyper contagious and it seems like everybody's getting it. Things are getting canceled all around us. Um, but there's some differences here. First, and I'm not saying this to say people don't be careful or anything else, but thankfully, because of the presumed mildness of the Omicron variant, we've been seeing less death rates even though we've been seeing a higher infection rate across the country so that's a good thing that's a positive thing um this is not like when delta variant hit and we were seeing the death rates soar it's been very different so that's a good thing um second this is so contagious that it's getting past vaccines so even with this surge we can't blame this part solely on the the unvaccinated because people are vaccinated are getting it left and right and sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what we do know is that if you're vaccinated, your symptoms will be considerably lessened. I know this for a fact because I have friends who've contracted it and have been vaccinated and I have friends who have contracted and have not and have ended up in the hospital. Um, 
but again, it's very different this time. So, you know, when, when, when Delta was surging, you know, there was definite reason to feel like, you know, man, why won't people just do what they're supposed to be doing? And we wouldn't be at this point. But with the Omicron variant, it seems like even with people being vaccinated and having done what they can do, this would still be surging and spreading crazy like right now. Um, so it is just a little bit different. But again, people stay safe, get vaccinated. You know, your chances of survival go up incredibly with the vaccination. Your chances of transmitting it go down. You know, it doesn't mean it's not possible, but it goes down. These are all good things, you know, so. Oh man, it's it's really crazy right now. I mean, we even have, you know, China is under a lot of pressure right now from certain countries to possibly cancel the Olympics again. Oh wow. Um, although although at the moment they're saying they absolutely will not do that. We'll see in another month or two if they still have that same, you know, if they still have that same attitude, if things continue to surge and Omicron's still kind of out of control, who knows? But there are multiple countries who've already filed reports with China asking them to please cancel the Olympics. So we'll see where this goes. But right now, you know, we are in quite a spread. And, um, you know, the only good thing right now is our death rates are not soaring. So that's that's a positive, you know, let's not get into that mindset of, oh, my God, here we go again. You know, this is not as bad as last year. This is not as bad as the year before. You know, what we're seeing in death rates and people going down is not as drastic. So, again, it's this is serious. I'm not trying to downplay anything, but also let's not get into that doom and gloom, you know, of, oh, my God, here we go again, because there are a lot of positives we got to look at. Well, here's 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 my only rebuttal to something you said earlier about the differences. And I mean, honestly, I actually do. I, I don't blame the unvaccinated, but I do blame people that that uh, that decide to just ignore protocols completely, like not wear a mask, not social distance. And I said and I mentioned this yesterday on the show that if you're not going to get vaccinated, OK, fine. That's your prerogative. That's your choice. But at the very least, you know, have have stop being selfish. Stop thinking of yourself. You know, I mean, wear a mask if you're out in public. Wear, you know, uh, practice social distancing. You know, practice. You know, uh, use hand sanitizers. Things like that to keep yourself safe from getting infected. Because the Omicron is a very very contagious uh, virus. It's more. It's it's easier. It's easily uh, picked up. So in essence, I I do blame people that are are pretty much very cavalier about this this virus that that have been cavalier about this virus since it started i mean that's no, I, I honestly let me make that. let me make a distinction i'm not saying that you know they don't bear blame and you and i have talked about this i i have my own issues with people who choose not to get vaccinated but it is their choice if sure. as you and i have talked about you're going to make that choice then you need to do everything you can to try and keep yourself as well as those around you safe and the people who are the problem are the ones who are anti-vax anti-mask anti-anything i'm going to do whatever the hell i want i don't care about anybody else those are the people who are a problem the only distinction i was trying to make is that what we're seeing right now with Omicron. Now, would Omicron have come up if people were all vaccinated? Who knows? None of us know these answers for sure. But what we do know is Omicron would be spreading through all the vaccinated. It's, I mean, I've had friends who don't go anywhere without masks, who are washing their hands, washing their clothes every time they come back in the house, who've done everything right and have still gotten infected. So, I was just trying to make a little distinction, but you know I agree with you completely when it yeah. comes to you know who's who's at fault and who's who's prolonging this no agreed and and yeah it's just it's it's something that i don't know man i honestly i honestly do feel that i i don't think it would have gotten this bad if if they would have uh if if people would have actually listened to protocol if people would have actually stopped being conspiracy theorists and actually saw what was right in front of them and it's well there's a lot of there's a lot of would have's i mean I'll, I'll say this right now we i mean again because of the way medicine and science are we don't know for sure but we can guess i mean logic says if we had a president who took this seriously from the beginning and didn't use it as a political tool 
and actually just tried to protect people rather than hiding how serious this was and telling people it didn't exist or telling people, you know, maybe people would have taken it more seriously from the beginning. You know, there's a lot of what ifs. There's if people, you know, didn't, what's it called? I mean, if people didn't, you know, if people were, you know, putting on masks from the beginning, treating this, you know, as seriously as people treated polio when it was being dealt with. And every, if everybody had taken it seriously, we'd probably be through this a lot faster. There's a lot of what ifs. But again, that's the way science and medicine works. No one knows for sure. I mean, the fact that some of my friends who've been vaccinated haven't gotten, you know, been exposed and haven't gotten it. Do we know for sure that it was the vaccine that kept them safe? No, we don't. There's been other True. people who've been exposed. They weren't vaccinated. Right, and they still cases. didn't get it. So we don't, we, exactly. We don't know for sure. But again, we can follow the logic. We can follow the numbers. We can follow the things that lead us, you know, can point us in the right direction and say, you know, it, it, it's pretty obvious that this is the case because of these numbers. I mean, I'm curious about one thing, and maybe you could answer this, Jeremy, because I mean, you're you're very. Um, I'm going to give you a compliment here, so please don't don't uh, don't go ahead and um, get your head all big from this. Um, <laughs> uh, do you know, like, because I heard that even breakthrough cases, they people die uh, that have had the breakthrough cases even when they're vaccinated. I mean, what? I mean. Is it because their immunity is so low that even vaccinated, they, they could still die from this? Well, from what we've seen, again, I'm sure maybe there's been some breakthrough case somewhere where someone died with no underlying conditions, but the prominent people who are passing away who have been vaccinated have been one people with, um, you know, underlying conditions, people who've had serious issues from before, age-related issues, health-related issues. Um, those are the people that we've seen the majority have been dying, you know, the, they're the majority who have vaccinated who've been dying once they get infected. Um, if you've been vaccinated, chances are very, very, very high that you will be just fine coming through the, co you know, coming through COVID. But again, if you have massive blood pressure issues, lung issues, um, even diabetes, which can cause heart and lung issues as well. These are exacerbating conditions that can, you know, can be a problem. So again, if you have any of these, not only should you be vaccinated, but you need to be being extra careful on top of that. Because mm -hmm. again, as we've seen, the vaccination may not save you if your underlying conditions are serious enough. And I mean, that's what the numbers are showing right now. I mean, I'm sure somewhere there's a, a breakthrough case where somebody had no underlying conditions and they passed away with the numbers being like they are. There's got to be one out there. But for the most part, the numbers we're seeing and what the doctors are showing and what the scientists have seen is that if you are vaccinated, chances are you are going to make it through an infection. Agreed. Agreed. So and, and, and even children, even children are actually uh very much uh very much in danger of this of this virus i mean you you oh, were just uh let me tell you right now yeah go ahead <laughs> i was actually just gonna go I, ahead and ask you about that because you, you discovered this news story just recently yep we just just uh was talked about and released is raheem mosert who's the running back one of the running backs for um the san francisco 49ers and um yeah, his his wife had to call 911 and have their son rush to the hospital with a 103.5 fever. And this is their infant son. So wow. again, this is very serious. I mean, this poor child has 103.5 fever. That's serious for an adult, much less a, a, an infant. So, um, you know, people, you gotta be really careful. And I'll tell you right now, just on a personal note, my mother is a nanny. She takes care of two children. And she was exposed because both of those children tested positive. And unfortunately, the parents, um, you know, were not being careful and they were at a birthday party and allowed the kids to just play with a bunch of other kids, no masks. And, you know, there you go. Their kids oh both tested positive. And these are young kids with a six-year-old and a one-year-old. So, you know, this is this is very serious. And again, at five years old, you can get your child vaccinated. And honestly, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who have, you know, questions, who have issues. The doctors have looked at it. The numbers have been looked at and it is safe. 
We're not seeing any lasting effects in children. We're not seeing any massive, you know, I mean, I have one friend who doesn't want to get her her child vaccinated. Her child's six years old, doesn't want to get her child vaccinated because she's afraid, you know, it'll make her sterile. Oh there's God. no proof of that. There's no, there's no nothing that says, I mean, it's not even been suggested at, but somehow in her mind, she's got it in her head that it'll make her child sterile. So she's not going to get her kid vaccinated. You know, that we've had children dying from this disease and Omicron has actually been hitting children more often and more frequently. We're seeing the rates of children being infected shoot up right now. So again, people, please, please be careful, do everything you can. And that includes being vaccinated. And speaking of, I mean, how, how is, how is uh, your mom at this point right now, Jeremy? Um, my mom is doing great. She uh, thankfully, has tested negative on all of her tests since oh, being exposed so she's doing just fine thankfully um, you know she was fully vaccinated and boosted and uh, again we don't know for sure if that's what kept her safe but I'd be willing to bet it had something to do with it because she was exposed for a solid two days three days um, before we knew so Again, it can happen that quickly. And again, you get a little kid who gets it from being at a party, being whatever, it's gonna spread through the entire house most likely. So again, people, you need to be really, really careful. Agreed, agreed. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, again, we don't know exactly where this is gonna take us right now. Like you said, uh, the infections may be high, but the death rate is very low. So that's always a good thing. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we were already, we already put it in our heads a long time ago that uh, coronavirus is here to stay. It's the new flu. And it's just, not, it's not going anywhere. It's what it's going to end up doing is it's going to continue to mutate. Every year you're going to have to, you're going to need a shot. You're going to need this. You're going to need that. And I mean, it's sad because we were expected to come back, be back to normal by spring of, I believe this year. This is, this is a, 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 a guesstimate that Dr. Anthony Fauci was actually telling people last year because the rates started to go low but then all of a sudden boom there was a surge in in cases and so it doesn't look like that's going to be the case anymore that we're going to be coming back to normal anytime soon at this point well at this point it looks like this may be the new normal for quite a while um i mean that's just the truth we're gonna get to a point where this pandemic as they've said becomes endemic and it becomes just something that we deal with on a regular basis um something that we always have to be watching out for so um you know i don't think masks are going anywhere anytime soon in public places or on planes or anything like that um you know i think i think this is unfortunately the new normal for a while oh it is what it is i mean i'm i'm always happy never to see your face anyway so i'm glad masks are around for a while in my opinion it all it, it always helps i mean heck right now i'm just loving not being on video so i don't have to see you twice a week <laughs> in other uh in other news um looks like uh batman uh batman well actually i should say ben affleck's batman is gonna be making its final appearance in the new D in dc's new flash movie oh darn we, we don't get to see ben affleck play batman anymore I'm oh so shucks sad I'm about sure that so, so many people are so many people are brokenhearted i'm sure oh <laughs> i know i am i know i am i mean he was he was probably the best batman to ever play batman ever oh ever. dear god i'm surprised you got that out without just cracking up um, it, was, it was really hard <laughs> it was not easy to do trust me <laughs> Oh, there I am. There you go. <laughs> yeah, honestly, this is this is one announcement that is a long time in coming. And thank God, um, you know, his his portrayal of Batman has been uh, less than enthusiastically received by most people. Um, That's an understatement. I definitely. I am definitely one of them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's it'll be it'll be good to see them move on to someone else, hopefully. And, uh, you know, again, we'll see, heck, we'll see if uh, Robert Pattinson, you know, pulls off a, oh, pulls God. off a miracle. And hey, like I said, man, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because everyone had the exact same reaction to Michael Keaton being given Batman back in the day. So, I mean, I had that same reaction. I was like, how in the hell can this comedian give us a good Batman? 
and you know he 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 was brilliant so i'm giving pattinson the benefit of the doubt until we see what he does with it and it's interesting you say that because i actually talked about this uh, earlier this week about how uh, michael keaton in an interview he basically said the reason why he left the batman franchise when joel schumacher took over as director um and it was it was basically it was creative differences at that point because joel schumacher was like why does it have to be dark why does it have to be all serious and this and the other and michael keaton's like have you read the story <laughs> like <laughs> have you not seen what this guy bruce wayne has been through and michael keaton he made it perfectly abundantly clear it's not about batman it's about bruce wayne becoming batman what he what he endured the things he endured and that's why this new movie with robert pattinson that actually is what this movie is about it's about bruce wayne becoming batman like why he became batman why he put on the cowl why he put on the costume to begin with and that's what they're focusing on with this new movie the batman so and, and it's actually it's actually crazy because in the new movie the flash which you know which is with ben affleck michael keaton reprises his role as batman because the flash does the the whole like flashpoint thing where he brings in different dimensions he opens a dimensional riff i, I guess and one of earth's uh because obviously we, we in dc comments uh, comics comics i can't talk right now um in dc comics we know that the flash with flashpoint he opens up different Earths, like different versions of our Earth. And in one of these Earths, you have the Michael Keaton Batman, and he comes back. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a very, very little competition as to who's gonna, who's gonna play it better, Ben Affleck or Michael Keaton. <laughs> but I mean, gee, I wonder who the who the crowd is gonna choose between the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I think you might have a little bit bias right there, Jeremy. Seeing as you went to go see the movie when it first came out, I definitely have a little nostalgic bias there. Uh, definitely, I mean, Michael was just a breakthrough Batman character and gave us all, you know, what was the the new Batman for a lot of us. And you know, it was it was the first Batman since um, you know Adam West that you know really connected with everybody and i think it'll be very interesting to see him reprise that but again i'm i'm, I'm holding off on on how i feel about pattinson we'll we'll see what he brings to this anyways well going back to ben affleck he actually said that uh making his final like apparently it was uh making his final appearance was a lot of fun he said quote I have never said this, this is hot off the presses, but maybe my favorite scenes in terms of Batman and the interpretation of Batman that I have done were in the Flash movie. I hope they maintain the integrity of what we did because I thought it was great and really interesting, different, but not in a way that is incongruent with the character. Well, in my opinion, I hope they do not maintain that integrity because it did not do well in the theaters before. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely disagree with Ben on that one. Uh, sorry. Um, I think them steering away from his interpretation of Batman would be a very good idea. Um, you know, I'd like to see somebody bring something very different than what uh, what Ben has brought to the role because it has not been my favorite portrayal in any shape or form. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, we're gonna. I, I actually, I'm actually looking forward to to watching the Flash. It looks, it looks like a really interesting movie, um, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, Ezra Miller. I, I seems gotta like admit, I'm, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I, I'm suffering from from superhero fatigue. I really am. I'm not. I'm finding it very hard to get excited to see these new ones. Um, I gotta say, the whole Avengers timeline and all the other DC coming out and just the overload of superhero stuff we've had in the last couple, in the last 10 years, I, I'm honestly suffering from burnout. I really, I, these are normally movies I'd be getting excited about seeing, I'd be really looking forward to. And honestly, at the moment, I'm just kind of like, eh. Well, I mean, that, you know, I mean, nothing my, against the films. It's just, I, I honestly, I'm suffering from burnout. I'm really having trouble getting motivated for these. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Like, I mean, my thing is, is that 
I want to see a superhero movie of superheroes they haven't done standalone movies for. Like The Flash, for example. They still have, they, they, to the, this, this movie has been going on since the, before the pandemic started. And they had to go ahead and postpone it because of the pandemic. They had to postpone filming because of the pandemic. And I'm just like, dude, I want to see this movie. I want to see where they take The Flash. I mean, they've already, they've done Batman. They've overdone Batman. They've overdone Superman. Uh, Green Lantern was a freaking, was a disaster. I mean, it, uh, Wonder Woman was fantastic because, you know, I mean, Gal Gadot, hi. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, the Suicide Squad was freaking awesome. They they did all these yeah. standalone movies for all these characters. Joker, they all they did all, even the Joker got a standalone movie. I mean, they did all these standalone movies for all these individual characters, but they have not done one on The Flash yet. And I'm just like, that's why I'm looking forward to it, because I want to see how they do this with, with Ezra Miller. I mean, granted, Ezra Miller is probably not my first pick as The Flash, to be honest with you. I mean, I watched The Flash series on the CW network, and Grant Gustin is, I actually like his 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 Flash, uh, his his version of The Flash. And which was really cool because when they did uh, Crisis on uh, on uh, on Earth, on something Earth or whatever, they did this whole like week of uh, all the shows pretty much crossing over with one another. Ezra Miller actually did uh, a special guest appearance in one of the episodes of Crisis uh, as as the Flash from a different Earth. And he actually, like, it was really a surprise. I was like, oh, my God, Ezra Miller's doing a TV show? What in the freaking crazy hell is this? And um, he actually appeared as the Flash from the movie that's coming out. Um, and he, they both looked at each other, and and the, the Flash from the CW looks at the Flash from the movies, and he's like, I like your suit. And he's like, hey, I like yours, too. So it was really cool, actually, to have them interact briefly with one another. It was just a small part that he had in the in the tv show because i'm sure they couldn't afford him for longer um but yeah it was really cool for him to at least make an appearance in the tv show kind of crossing over from film to tv which you don't see that from a lot of these actors doing that so that was really cool yeah. of him to do that no it is and you know those are the kind of things that fans really get a kick out of just you don't need to make a big deal out of it it doesn't have to be a huge thing but just that little scene that little throw in where you get two characters who aren't usually thrown together you know and, and you, you just have them acknowledge each other and that that's a that's a fanboy moment for anybody who loves these kind of films Oh yeah, all the way. I mean, it was definitely a fanboy moment for me. I was like, oh, that's really cool that they did that. So, but again, that's the reason why I'm looking forward to the Flash. I'm looking forward to it because I want to see what this standalone film does for him. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. It's coming out very soon. I'm actually uh, the other reason why I'm looking forward to it is, dude, Michael Keaton reprises Batman. That's I'm geeking out over that alone. Okay, and I'm surprised <laughs> you're not. I'm, you're saying that you're not that excited about it. Like I you said, should be. it's the it's the burnout. It's the burnout. I'm telling you, that's all it is. I mean, I'm sure I'll see it. I'm sure I'll watch it. But I really, I don't have any motivation right now to watch another superhero film right at this moment. I, I'm just so burnt. I really am. I'm I'm very worn out with uh, the, the superhero tropes and all the things we see. Um, you know, even even with the really creative stuff and the really you know unique stuff, I just I'm very fatigued right now with all of these. I, I'm not getting into the the hoopla like I normally do. And I I mean I I, I got on a quick side note actually going away from the superhero movies. Let's let's take a quick trip down memory lane here really fast because I actually got to see Ghostbusters Afterlife and I talked about this on my show before that you actually were against it you didn't really want to watch it because i mean obviously you and everybody else had a bad taste after the the last ghostbusters you know the all-female cast and everything because they just that movie just flopped completely but i gotta tell you and i know you were hesitant you were hesitant on this one because you were like oh it's more like a it's more like a children's type of movie honestly dude i mean yes and no they actually they they kind of um they kind of brought back a lot of the the old storyline from the first movie um but what i really really liked is the ending i'm not going to tell you what it is um the ending was very very nice I, I actually i brought a tear to my eye it literally brought a tear to my eye because it was very sad 
Uh, it was, it was, it was, um, it was sad and happy at the same time. But uh, they did go watch I, Gilmore Girls. You know what, dude? Really? Why? Why you got? Why you got to go ahead and kill my sensitivity mode? I'm sorry. Not everybody <laughs> could be Mr. Macho Macho Man over there. Okay. Some of us have emotions and feelings. Okay. I mean, come on. This, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, no. <laughs> we all have emotions. Okay. Emotional, damn it. Exactly. You know. I mean, we all have that. <laughs> But anyways, um, yeah, I got it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. Stop being, stop being such a stick in the mud. No, I'm sorry. I have no interest. I'm not watching the new Ghostbusters. Come I, on. It's, I have, I, dude, I have less than no interest. Okay. I don't want to see a remake where they destroy, you know, what was one of the They didn't great... destroy it though. B, BS, dude. I'm sorry. You, you take a film that was an irreverent tongue-in-cheek non-kids film that was cutting edge and brilliant on almost every level tell me how this lives up to that tell me you have to watch it to find out no no you are your opinion is in the the minority on this like the older you get your opinion on this is in the the, I swear, the older you're you in get, the minority. The, the, the older you, the older you get, the 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 more you like are set in your ways. I swear, dude, like it's it's crazy. I mean, pretty soon you're gonna be like in your front porch, you know, throwing like you know your stick in the air, and like dang, never in my day we didn't go ahead and see this. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm I want to chase kids off my lawn. Come on, <laughs> I can see you doing that actually. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. What are you talking about? <laughs> but anyways, well, no, I'm it, sorry. You know, I'm a stickler for classics, man. No. I am. I'm sorry. And you're gonna mess with classics. I mean, you said you liked the new Aladdin thing. I'm cool. I'm not still not gonna see it. You know, it's not I mean, happening. No, the, there, no, there the new Aladdin. No, I'm not gonna do. No, I I didn't say I liked the new Aladdin. I said that it was interesting. It was different. Um, mainly because the girl that played freaking Princess Jasmine is freaking drop dead gorgeous, but, but that's beside the point. Dude, this is um, this is why I can't this is why I can't trust your opinion on films. I didn't say I liked it. I <laughs> you, said it was you okay. have you have you have tunnel vision. No when no no it no, no. Comes hold on hold on a second. Oh hold my on. god, no, this film got... was so good because she's hot. <laughs> yes, but no. Here's the thing. I never said I actually. If we go back. You know what? Look, let's look at the tape. I'm just playing. No, I mean, if we go back, I never said I liked it. I I mean, honestly, the original Robin Williams with Aladdin, that's the one that's always going to freaking be my favorite for for and for all time because it's Robin Williams. No one can ever take that away from 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 that from him. Um Will Smith did a good job and everything. Yes, but no. I I it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same without Robin Williams. Um, and, and I, I, I like guess I said, it was, I, I, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, it just, it boils down to classic remaining the classic. And I mean, yes, it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a life, you know, like a, like a real life type of movie and everything, which made it really interesting because, you know, they took a cartoon, they made it live action. That's awesome. But at the end of the day, I, <laughs> I love the cartoon. I mean, I love the voices of Aladdin and Princess Jasmine and, of course, again, the genie and everything. Well, again, same thing. This is a classic. And you take away the irreverent comedy of a Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, you know, and, and you, you put in a bunch of kids and they're the focus. I'm sorry, it changes the dynamic. It might be a fine film on its own, but the fact that it's a Ghostbusters film, it doesn't interest me. I have no interest in seeing it. I really don't. It, you might have enjoyed it. Awesome. I, I have no interest. I really don't. You you can't. I mean, it destroys it for me. It, it really does. Technically, it does no, focus it, on the children, but technically, it's also on the legacy left behind by Egon Spangler. That's that's what their focus mm-hmm. really is about. It's about what yes, Egon I, I was know. trying to do. So yeah. yeah, again, the core of that film was its irreverence. It was the um, 
you know, it was kind of a slap in the face to the establishment kind of a film. It was, you know, it was a little subversive. It was, and, and it did all of this without pointing it out. You know, it did all this without putting a, an exclamation point after everything. You know, people didn't even realize how much they were screwing with people in this film until years later. You know, people just thought this was, oh, it's a funny ghost movie. And it wasn't until people really started looking at the original Ghostbusters that they got a lot of the anti-establishment type jokes and things like that, how kind of subversive it was in a lot of ways. That was an important part of that film. And for me, when you take it away and you change the whole format and you make it kid-centered, you're taking away what made this film truly great. So again, no interest for me in seeing this other version. Unbelievable. Just so closed, so close, so tragic, so tragic. Anyways, we're moving forward here. Uh, in other in other uh, hero news, uh, looks like Andrew Garfield would return to the role of Spider-Man once more, but uh, he's got to, you know, it's got to, you know, it has to feel right. Apparently, um, he, uh, he really enjoyed reprising his role as Spider-Man in the new movie, Spider-Man. Uh, and uh, in the, the new uh, Marvel movie of Spider-Man right now, uh, he actually had a very good time uh, bonding with uh, with uh, the new Spider-Man, the old Spider-Man, etc. And um, he basically was asked if he would come back, and the 38-year-old said, "Quote: I mean, yes, definitely open to something if it felt right." Peter and Spider-Man; those characters are all about service to the greater good and the many. He's a working class boy from Queens that knows struggle and loss and is deeply empathetic. I would try to borrow Peter Parker's ethical framework in that if there was an opportunity to step back in and tell more of that story. I would have to feel very sure and certain in myself. Uh, well, Andrew, don't worry, because we don't want you back. Um, <laughs> just like Ben Affleck, we don't want you back. And that's either. a unanimous decision. <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. I enjoyed his Spider-Man movies considerably more than I enjoyed the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Um, that's a bold statement. Again, that's, I, I did, I'm sorry. I did not enjoy the originals with Tobey. I have my own reasons for that, but I, I didn't. Um, so I, I enjoyed his more than the Tobey Maguire ones, but Tom Holland brought, he, he, he put his signature on Spider-Man. He encapsulated everything that Spidey and Peter Parker were. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think he is now the definitive Spider-Man. So yeah. to see Andrew Garfield come back and try and rehash it, I don't think any of us want to see that. I we really don't. We've gotten the epitome of, of Spider-Man with, with Tom Holland's performance and his interpretation and how, what he did with what the writers gave him. Um, so I don't think anybody's clamoring to see Andrew Garfield, you know, reprise the role. I, I know I'm certainly not. I mean, I mean, we got to look at it this way that, uh, Tom Holland brings the, the actual Spider-Man what in the comic books, Spider-Man's just a kid. He's not, he's not an adult. And these other characters, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, they played more of an adult type of Spider-Man. And that's not, that's not what this is about. This is about a kid growing up and pretty much developing these powers while he's in a very sensitive stage in his teenage adolescent life. And that's exactly what they did. And I think that's why uh, Tom Holland's character, Tom Holland's portrayal is the definitive one because this is the way the movie should have been. It's it's a story about a kid not knowing what to do with these powers. Like, oh crap, I'm, I'm a superhero. Whoa, that's crazy. That's awesome. You know, I mean, at that age, anybody would want to be a superhero with those types of powers. So Tom Holland definitely brings that Peter Parker, the, the, the correct Peter Parker. They actually got it right this time. So absolutely, definitely exactly. props on that. Definitely props on that. But uh, we're going to go ahead and get into a little bit of sports here. And uh, oh, man, I talked about this yesterday briefly at the end of my show. But oh, I definitely want to hear your opinion about this one. Antonio Brown releases a statement yesterday. And uh, well, in classic Antonio Brown fashion, accuses everybody, blames everybody for his departure, his very dramatic departure from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, yeah. <laughs> he basically he uh, he accuses uh, Bruce Arians of uh, the the head coach of uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of basically forcing him to play on a, on a of what appear what appears to what appeared to be allegedly a 
you know, according to him, a broken ankle. Uh, he also he also accused the coaching staff of trying to eject him with very powerful painkillers that are illegal. Um, I think he's been watching a little too much Varsity Blues, <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> because it just sounds really far-fetched, and it just sounds like classic Antonio Brown just complaining and just being angry i mean in a statement in a in a brute in a in a press conference bruce arians actually uh said that no i didn't say any of that basically the, the, he denied all these allegations and he said all i wanted him to do was play and he was complaining that the ball wasn't coming towards him that's why i told him you know what you're done get the f off uh and that's why he decided to do all that but other than that he basically bruce arians is saying that yeah all this all these other accusations are false i mean i i really want to hear your opinion about this jeremy because i know you're gonna say something oh this is just class i mean the man's an arsonist seriously he burns every bridge and every road and everything behind him on the way out of town and he's done this to every single organization that he's had issues with which has been every team he's played for you know over the last three years so i'm not shocked by this in any way um it's him you know making up as he does um, you know, he, he even said that, um, Tom Brady's trainer refused to pay, give him back the money that he paid him. He said, Tom Brady's trainer, you know, this guy didn't do anything for me, charged me a hundred thousand dollars and wouldn't even work with me. Well, apparently Antonio Brown wouldn't do what this guy was asking him to do. Wouldn't actually follow through on the you know, uh, physical therapy stuff that the guy was giving him was, you know, he wasn't doing what he was being told to do. Mm -hmm. And halfway through, the guy basically said, this isn't working, you know, let's go our separate ways. Antonio Brown asked him for, you know, a refund on the money. And the guy told him, I'll pay you the balance. Just tell me where to send it. It's that simple. But Antonio Brown's claiming that, you know, the guy refused to give him his money back. He's claiming, you know, this and that. The guy has major issues. I mean, yeah. we, th we've seen this now. I mean, he has blown up every team he's been on in the last three years. He can't get along with anybody. He he has serious issues he needs to get taken care of. This is, this is beyond just a, another spoiled athlete. This is beyond any of that. He has some serious psychological issues that he has got to get under control because this guy cannot handle being in a team setting he cannot handle authority right now he cannot handle any responsibility for his own actions i mean he it, it's really amazing to me that you know this guy is having this type of a meltdown and it, it the only thing it could be is serious psychological problems he he's got to get this dealt with it's like tom brady said i hope everybody around him is trying to get him some help being very compact and trying to you know get him the help he needs because it's very obvious this guy has some serious issues i mean these are people who were standing up for him even after everything that happened even after him behaving like that on the field abandoning his teammates all of that stuff these guys were all standing up for him and still saying you know we need to understand we need to have compassion and he turns around and burns them like this and you know basically says no it's all their fault it's not mine and this this is serious red flag behavior according so, to him honestly i don't see well according to, and i don't mean to cut what? you off here but according to him he says that he's got proof that his ankle was broken he says that he actually he says in his statement he actually says that uh this is something that the coaches don't know that i actually went to a doctor i got the mris before they could even like get me to go to one of their doctors that they wanted me to go to um so i have proof that my ankle was broken and but here's the thing He's your ankle's broken and yet your, your, your ankle's broken and yet you're hopping off the field when a person's ankle is broken you can't even stand <laughs> on it let alone hop off the field the way he did again he was cleared by the team doctors these are people paid a hell of a lot of money to make sure that their million dollar athletes do not get seriously injured 
So if he was cleared to play and running backs and wide receivers and quarterbacks all play regularly on bad ankles, bum knees, things like that, if he was cleared to play, which he was, then he had no excuse for not going into the game. And his behavior afterwards proves that his ankle was fine because he was jumping up and down, running around, hopping up and down in circles, waving at the fans. If your ankle's broken and you can't run on it, well, you shouldn't have been able to run off the field then, should you? You shouldn't have been able to be jumping up and down. He's full of it. The guy has every excuse in the book, you know, and it's just it's absolutely ridiculous and, no it's it's tragic you know, after the whole after the whole after the whole vaccine card thing his falsified vaccine card and all these other things i i sorry i don't believe a word that's coming out of his mouth you know he he can go to any doctor he wants and get him to say whatever they want the fact is the other doctors don't agree the team doctors cleared him the guy's full of it. He's completely full of it. He's looking for every excuse that's not him. He won't take responsibility for his actions. He hasn't in some time. It's always someone else's fault. And honestly, his career is done. This, this guaranteed, in my opinion, that his career is done. There is not another general manager that's going to take a shot on this guy. Um, for him to have have completely gone nuclear nucle nuclear and torched this organization on the way out, even after they were being very supportive and very nice over his behavior, no, it's this guy is absolutely done. I mean, and not only that, but it's like it, it's one of those situations where he's delusional too. I mean, he actually, at the end of his statement, he actually says that I'm going to get surgery, I'm going to be back at 100%, and I'm going to be back on the field again, ready to play again. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, uh, probably in arena football but or overseas, but definitely not in the NFL. You're done, bud. Like, he's he literally thinks he's going to come back. Can you believe that? I mean, he's that delusional. It yeah, it doesn't shock me. He is delusional. And, you know, he may really believe that. That's why I said this is a psychological issue, because he may very well believe that it's not his fault. It's everybody else, you know, but you can see it in the behavior. It's that finger pointing behavior. He he does not take responsibility for his own actions at all. It's always someone else's fault. It's what they did to me. That's why I behaved like an idiot. You know, that's that's always his his act. And uh, it's gotten tired. Many teams now, three different teams, have given him what is considered a second shot, and he has torched it. Um, I, I just don't see another general manager rolling the dice on him. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really, it's tragic. It's tragic to see such a talented player act the way he does. I mean, he started in Pittsburgh. He continued in, in Oakland. Well, back when Razor to Oakland. Then he went to New England, and then he ended in Tampa Bay. And this is in a time span of, what, three years? This is, this is crazy. And he torched each and every one of those teams. He did, the, I mean, it's the same behavior at each place. It was, oh, they did this, and airing all this dirty laundry, and, and claiming all these BS facts, you know, things that everybody else refuted. And, you know, it's it's, this guy has... Like you said, it's delusional. He has a warped view of what's going on, and he needs some serious help. I mean, you even had Tom Brady giving him a place to stay when he first signed up with uh, with Tampa Bay. I mean, and that that's how you repay him and his and and his. I mean, I'm not a Tom Brady fan. You know this, but the guy me was either. nice enough, huh? I said me either. You yeah, me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, we're we're not Tom Brady fans, but at the same time, you have. A, a quarterback that's trying to watch out for his receivers and so much so that he gave him a place to stay. I mean, and this, this is the thanks that, that this is the gratitude that this guy is giving to his teammates. Not only, not only leaving his teammates behind in the middle of a game, uh, practically in the middle of a game, but also on like in, in a crucial time, because I mean, they're trying to head to the playoffs here and you're leaving your team you know, in the middle of a game that, that could be crucial, could, well, you know, I mean, maybe it won't make or break them going to the playoffs, but still, it's still something that's very crucial at this time right now, at this juncture uh, during during the season. And then on top of that, you, you go ahead and you you shred them to pieces afterward in a statement that sounds like uh, like like a child 
complaining that he didn't get his toy and that's why he's you know he's gonna go ahead oh i'm gonna go ahead and tell tell on you i'm gonna tell on you i'm gonna go ahead and make all this stuff up fabricate a bunch of stuff i mean again there's no proof this this is the reason why i'm saying he's fabricating all this stuff because there i haven't seen any proof yet until i see proof and and judging by his track record Again, it's it's one of those things where it's like, dude, I, I can't really, like you said, he falsified his vaccination card. You can't really trust anything that comes out of this guy's mouth at this point. So it's just tragic to see this. It's really sad. I mean, you'd think that as an adult, you'd act like one. And he's acting like a child right now, like an impetuous child that a spoiled brat that didn't get his way. He is. And, and let's throw this in there as well. Not only did Tom Brady give him a place to stay, when he first came to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady was instrumental in bringing him to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady basically vouched for him with the general manager and all of them. He asked them to bring in Antonio Brown as a wide receiver option for him. Tom Brady was personally responsible for helping bring him to the team. And then he turns around and does this. Tell me what quarterback's going to want to work with this guy again. Tell me who's going to feel comfortable trusting this guy on their team again. This guy is done. Honestly, I don't. who is going to trust him to have their back now? Yeah, and that's a major part about being a part of a team is trust. And he has broken, he has destroyed so many trusts that, yeah, this guy's not coming back. There's no, I'll be surprised if a team actually con like gives him a contract. I'll be like incredibly surprised, but uh, well, again, you know, I mean, <laughs> like you mentioned this on Monday, money talks sometimes. The mighty you dollar. Know. Yep. yep, it's the mighty dollar. Yep. So, in other sports news, Tyson Fury wants to go ahead and fight Francis Nagano in uh, boxing rules. This is really annoying me. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? Why can't these boxers just stay with their own boxers? You want to fight MMA fighters? fight him in the octagon none of them have offered to fight each other in the octagon jake paul refuses to go in the octagon now tyson fury is telling them to come to the boxing ring to get a bigger payout it, it, you know I, I just i don't understand it's the only boxer that in my opinion had the balls to actually get into the octagon was james tony when he went against randy couture and you know i mean he went in there got his butt kicked and but he still got in there and I have mass respect for James Tony. I've actually met James Tony. He's the nicest guy in the world. I, I'll never forget it. I actually, uh, back when I was a Hollywood club promoter, um, I had him host one of the the events. And I and this was like uh, probably a few days before he had to go to Vegas to fight Randy Couture. And I asked him, I was like, so what's personally? We were just sitting there, and I asked him, so who do you think is going to win? He's like, man, who do you think is going to win? Of course it's going to be me you know so he's very he was very confident going in there but obviously we saw the end result and it was not pretty but that's what i'm saying is that he at least had the balls to get in there the rest of these these boxers they need to like stop either stop talking so much trash or get in the octagon and fight that's the bottom line well here. first of all first of all let's not lump tyson fury in with jake paul and let's not take this to that level Tyson Fury's not sitting here talking about boxers and talking smack and, you know, or talking about MMA True. guys and talking smack and saying they can't fight or doing any of this bull that Jake Paul's doing. Tyson Fury is a smart businessman and he's looking for a cross promotion payday. It's as simple as that. He's not dogging on MMA. He's a very smart guy. He's certainly not stupid. And he knows damn well that in a street fight where, you know, to getting taken down and all the other things are available, he's not going to be able to compete against these guys. The fact is, coming from both, I mean, I've, I've boxed and I've, you know, done martial arts for years. Here's the facts. Someone from boxing cannot come to MMA without years of training years of training because there's so many more techniques it's much easier to cross over as an mma person and go over and box because everybody in mma has been taught stand up at this point even if you were a judo person a jujitsu person everybody's been taught stand up so it's just easier to cross over any boxer who wants to come into mma would have to stop boxing and commit to mma for at least four years before True. they would have the ability to compete in MMA. 
That's just a fact. So you're not going to see that. Or if you do, it's going to be a massacre every single time. Mm -hmm. Because, again, you can't just step over. There's so many more techniques that you have to learn. So many more defenses you have to learn. So, again, you're not going to see somebody come over straight from boxing to MMA. It makes no sense. You, you are at... A, a much bigger disadvantage than a MMA person is coming over to boxing. So then stop calling out freaking we're... MMA fighters. That's what I'm trying to well, say. Again, again, it's how they do it. I don't have a problem with Tyson Fury doing this because I know how Tyson Fury is. I know the smart businessman he is. He has very limited boxing options anymore because he's the best. He can't just go fight anybody. He's got to fight the best. And with the way boxing contracts are done, the way different promotions get involved and things get held up and then you can't fight this guy because this governing body says you can't you have to fight this one it's his options for fights are limited at this point you know if he doesn't get to fight anthony joshua or whatever the pulichek uh pavlicek i can't remember his name the um ukrainian fighter croatian fighter who just won the championship from anthony joshua um, unless he can get one of those big fights, there's only about two or three guys he can get a contract with that would be a worthwhile fight for him in boxing. So I can see why he's doing this. He's expanding some avenues. He'd like to see some cross promotion, you know, another chance to just bring in some more money for the fight game. Um, I don't have as much of a problem with him doing it. It's a very different thing he's doing than a Jake Paul who's just being a little arrogant yeah ass. yeah <laughs> and you know basically saying i'm the baddest around and I, you know, i'll whoop all your asses except uh, you have to come and do it under my terms and you can't knock me out and you know all these other whatever the hell yeah. conditions he puts on it you know it's very different so no, let's not lump that together that's uh, my point is is tyson fury's not calling him out you know just yeah. to say you know to try and put mma down or to try and prove a point this is a business move strictly for him well, we'll see what happens with him and Francis Nagano. Still left to see on that. That's the news. In case you haven't heard it, thank you so much for joining us here on the Navarro Miller Report on DABI Radio Los Angeles. We hope to see you again. Everybody have a great weekend. I'm your host, Dave Navarro, alongside with this jerk right here. I can't stand. I'm Jeremy Miller. And, you know, you actually were tolerable today. It wasn't so bad putting up with you. So yeah. I, I enjoyed talking to all our listeners. But, you know, he Dave wasn't so bad either. Well, I can't say the same for you, but anyways, we'll go there ahead. Go. It's the only compliment you get. <laughs> we'll see everybody on Monday. You guys have a great weekend. You have been listening to the Navarro Miller Report.